0: Hello and welcome to Creative Walks episode 86. And I'm very happy to say that the podcast is back. After almost a year since my last episode, I decided that it was finally time to get back to it because I actually had something to say. We all had very, probably very difficult times during the pandemic. Uh, Some people had experiences that are way more horrifying and terrible than my own experience. I was lucky, well, first to be alive, second that um, my family basically survived everything and that I'm here to tell the tale, so that's the good part. And um, I went into this um, year of trying to get back to my creative endeavors, the ones that or my own calling, in a blog post on my website, which will be linked in the description of this uh, of this episode, if you want to see more detail. But the basic premise of what happened to me this year was that I basically lost my enthusiasm to create things. And on my psychological front, I basically did not believe that working on my art was... important thing period or that it was not an important thing at that moment so I basically focused on some projects that even though they're very near and dear to my heart they were more from a financial point of view it was basically the business I have with my wife and in that way I could still be technically creating I was creating photos videos texts and uh, music as well but I was sort of forced myself to put on hold a lot of the projects that I wanted to create because I had, now I know what happened, Um, I basically was hearing no in my head about doing uh, certain projects, even some that I actually started and there was no reason not to put it out there except that I was not, I didn't feel it was the right time ever. So I focused on these projects uh, with my wife. And uh, that kept me productive, kept me very engaged, but not pursuing things that originally I was very inspired to do independently of their importance. And we'll get back to that subject in a bit. So a few housekeeping things. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably still... uh, um, Subscribe to it or you found it on social media when I uh, announced that the podcast was back. So welcome to new listeners. There is a library of, well, 85 episodes where I talk about all aspects of uh, living a creative life and, uh, and the struggles where I am at. The podcast now will not be daily. It was not daily for a long time, but... I think the best format for it, it will be to be a little bit longer, so I hope you'll find this interesting, and it will be weekly, so I can actually gather my thoughts properly and bring something that would be of value to you based on the experience as I live it. So with that, I wanted to mention to you that in this episode, I want to share what I did to get back to creating again to get back my enthusiasm. And they were very specific things that happened. And uh, of course, there's a lot of reading, there is a lot of uh, listening to podcasts and audiobooks and all sorts of um, um, activities and talking to people, talking to beloved ones and uh, all that. And those were very valuable. And each one will have their own triggers to, to start creating again um I'll mention a couple of books throughout this uh, this recording there is no real uh, <laughs> there is no real order to what I want to tell you except that I have in front of me my notebook that you I used to do all these exercises that I did and I hope that maybe some of these exercises if you are in a similar situation that it's hard for you to get back to to working maybe something will resonate and maybe that will help you find whatever is exciting in your life and uh, hopefully get the creative juices flowing again so the idea is to how to allow for a fresh start Again, this is not advice, I am in no position to give advice, but I can tell you my story and the things that actually helped me, and I hope will help you too. So, here it goes. I've been in uh, three countries over the last uh, year of the pandemic. I had actually had COVID, and uh, I was pretty bad. My mom and my dad were worse, they survived and everything, but it was very intense two weeks of being quarantined and... uh, Fever, thirty nine degrees, and not being able to talk to see anyone, and being worried about transmitting this to other people and all that stuff. So, thankfully, I was able to beat that. And um, as I mentioned, my idea of moving was to actually go and travel. And so, at some point in November, we decided to just sort of try to allow for a fresh start and actually go travel. So, I went to stay with family in Brazil. I spent some time in uh, the Sinai region in Egypt, and then I went back to. Ukraine and I am in a small town called Kriverik for almost three months now and very soon the next adventures will resume. So the first thing I did was I wanted to buy a notebook because I've been writing all my projects and ideas and all those endless lists in the computer and the computer is a creature that accepts everything. So I thought that and it's an infinite list Right, And it's very hard to parse, at least for me, to have a very emotional and personal relationship with the computer because of all its distractions. So the first thing I thought like, I have to do is to create a program for myself that has worked in 2007 or 8, something like that. With some exercises that I gathered throughout the years that were useful and they decided to put them all together in one program for myself. It was an assignment. And uh, the first thing that I did was to buy a notebook. Very, I was looking for a nice notebook. I used to write in notebooks all the time, and then I got my favorite pen. I found, by chance, uh, a notebook that is exactly what I was looking for, and I went to a cafe after exercising. And the trick is that, that I had to put my phone away. Everybody talks about these things today. It really helps if you don't have your phone with you right then. And uh, in my case, that's exactly what happened. And the first thing that I did was I created a list of things that I have actually done that I had wanted to do before. I think I wrote about this uh, I wrote I I think I wrote a, recorded an episode about this the 75 things that you'd like to do like this interesting list that you keep just adding to it and I remember doing that in 2008 and uh, I somewhat sometimes I'd go back to it but it was always from the point of view of guilt oh you haven't done this yet you haven't done that yet I noticed that even with some of my reading, especially from Lise Bordeaux, which is a very interesting author, very unlikely author for me to be interested in. But she was talking about these ideas of certain personality types where you focus on guilt and shame and humiliation and things like that. So that's for another episode. But basically I thought, okay, well, how about if I inverted this and I go through this list and I do a very simple like check mark on the things that I actually did in any capacity whatsoever to my surprise I had actually done quite a few of the things that that uh, whatever 20 something year old person had Um, it was just a dream in 2008 of like playing uh, percussion for uh, world uh, renowned uh, dancers around the world something that I actually did to some capacity uh, create my own world music band have my first exhibit in photography, having a movie poster. So in the end, I was really downplaying a lot of the things that I've done. And not that they were important, that they were very uh, astonishing or anything, but they were something, right? And that I had underestimated the importance of not patting yourself on the back, but having a real view of what was actually accomplished. And that gave me an idea of like, okay, I've done this. Then what I decided to do was to, instead of putting a number on the things I wanted to do, the next step, so bought the book, went through the list, wrote down the things I've actually done. And then I wrote a list of things that I would like to do. And I always created the first sentence on the, on, the, on the notebook was a question. What would I like to do? And that's a question you ask for yourself. This is an idea borrowed by a psychologist and a controversial guy, Jordan Peterson, but this is a very useful uh, idea that you have to ask yourself. It's in a way a sort of a prayer, like you ask, what's bothering you? Or that's where he focuses on, what are you doing wrong? In my case, I asked, okay, what would I like to do? And I put these parameters that there was no size, There is no particular order, there is no limitations, there are no categories. It could be from getting a coffee today to uh, whatever other projects there were. And suddenly I was writing all these ideas and this was a very slow process. Um, This list was... Something difficult for me to do, because I've been always, especially as I was getting older and having more responsibilities, always thinking, okay, what is the usefulness of this thing? If it's not immediately useful, or if it's unlikely to to go right, I don't have the right to be working or creating all these things. It's basically, I was not allowing myself to play. That's something that I'll come back to. So this first list of things I would like to do, uh, basically... Was trying to give a purpose, or at least a map of wants, needs, something that I discovered I desperately needed. And then, after I did that for a couple of days, actually took a while. I was not trying to rush. I was not trying to come up with as much as many things as I wanted. And um, over a few days, I was observing what I would like to do, what came back, what was not true anymore. The next step was I gave my other assignment, which was. What issues I care about? What are the things, the subject la- subject matters that I am interested in? And write not only do a bullet point in this case, but actually write about what about the subject that interests me. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll come back to some uh, things that I that I like uh, liked before if they come back. So the idea is not what I should be interested in, like ending world hunger or whatever. But what was actually on my mind? What was actually pooling my interests? And then I even used a little bit of a detective work to see what kind of podcasts I was listening to, what kind of videos, what kind of movies, what kind of series, what kind of books, what kind of articles I was reading, what kind of subject matters, what kind of photography I was interested in looking at. And um, that gave me a very concise, I would say, list of uh Subjects that I was interested in. I will talk about this in some other time. Now I'm going through all the steps that I went through. But this was very important. And the one thing that was very interesting for me in this process of writing about the issues, not necessarily what I would like to do, but the things that catch my attention, was to that I actually observed wh- how they were related. For example, I will write later about the idea of uh, the relationship between the erotic and um, free speech issues, for example. That's something for later and something that I always thought they were not related or at least I never put them together. And writing about the issues that I cared about was an important one. The other page was then, who inspired me? Who will... will I asked that question, as I said, I always posed as a question. Who inspired me? Who was interesting? or which artwork of that person has manifested in itself in a way that has caught my attention over time. And then I came up with a list of authors and books that I thought were very inspirational, some uh, personalities that I would be interested in, some books, some, uh, as I mentioned, some podcasts. And so, like, who inspired me and. the... Uh, who used to be a reference for me. And that was very uh, useful. Then, out of left field, I thought that I actually should do a financial review. Um, I thought, okay, what would be the things that, besides whatever is currently under control, where should it be expanded? Where are the risks? All those things. So that I had it on the paper, and it may seem like it's not in the creative realm to have these things, but in the end, it proved out to be very, very useful because whatever else you're thinking of doing, it has to be based in reality and finances are are part of it. And uh, I decided to just go for writing down everything that I had, everything that I wish I had, everything that I should be investing on, where my sources of income were coming, what were my investments, where were my um, liabilities and all that stuff. And I noticed that it was actually... Gave me a ah, moment. Okay, I know that there is a project here. I need to go. And uh, let's uh, keep going. The other thing I did was a little mind sweep. So in that one, I thought, okay, what should I be working on right now? That was the question. It was what things are bothering me. That's more on the Peterson side of like what's uh, your guilt or your conscious bugging you about that if you listen, you will know instantaneously what it is. So I did that list. So it came from a very inspirational part to finances, and then to this, let's say, duties part. What should I be focusing on? And one of the things that appeared, it was not necessarily just focusing on duties, but things I would like to go back to. Okay, what should I be working on? And one of the things that appeared was actually coming back to this podcast. I thought many times about coming back to it, but I never thought, okay, it's not the time, it's not important for now. And it was coming out of guilt rather than inspired to actually talk to the audience that listens to this. It was there. So this mind sweep. And then I wrote, What projects should I resume? Now this was one of them. There were a few other ones. And then the next thing that I did was a more of a this was a deeper one, which was I wanted to reveal my story for myself what has been hidden in my own personal story I was reminded by this idea from uh, Brazilian author Paulo Coelho that he writes about the idea of the personal legend and uh, this idea that from Jung that you are embedded in your own mythology and we are part of mythology or part of history and I thought You know what? I haven't thought of my childhood or my teen years or the, the journey so far since I think 2016 where I did this like line map of what happened, my interest in life. But there I had just written the things that I was interested in, like comic books when I was a kid or theater when I was a teenager or like things like that. I didn't go deep into what happened each year or the things that were like associated with with uh, my pains or resentments and all those things. And then I decided to just write down my story. In the beginning, I just did a free association. Okay, what things from my past really come back to mind? And uh, certain things came back. And I was not judging them or analyzing. I was just writing down on this notebook. And um, it became a little bit more... I thought I discovered that the trigger of, okay, what happened in 99 or whatever, like by year by year, was easier to go through and add the things as I remember them. And even for me to this exercise, okay, this did this happen when I was 12 or 13? It actually helped what was important that year and then which years were like things that were not necessarily important. But I think... Just like life has these cycles, you can see you have to see the data and the data is your story and this story is not only what happened to you but what was inspiring you and what changed your mind about certain things. That's what I did. it took a couple of days of uh, intense work writing these things down. And so I put it down again, this was over the course of a few weeks this pro this process and I, read everything. Every time I would get to one of these questions, I would go back to reading the whole notebook, which was getting bigger and bigger. But it was something I've never done before, which was this uh, priming your mind for whatever you were doing before. And I thought that was very useful. So I read again, everything up to like writing my story. And I basically just wrote I just wrote. I just wrote about what was happening, what I thought about it, what were the lessons. And then I came in contact with something that, a theme throughout my life since I was, I don't know, 13, 14, that I was this idea I was always late. It was always too late to start this project. Oh, I was already too old for this, too old for that. And even though my life was not, uh, (laughs) I was not very conscious about it, but looking through the story of my life, that was one element that was there all the time. And it's something that was impeding my forward motion. And whenever I was actually had leaps in in work, like getting away from Brazil and going to Canada and then going from Canada to Ukraine and whatever else I'm going to do, they were always propelled by whenever I was not thinking I was late, when I had a chance to actually do something good. The next thing I did was to... Um, share these uh, ideas with uh, a loved one. In, the, in this case, was with my wife. And I thought that would be very interesting to do because the someone you trust, a loved one, if you have someone in your life, doesn't have to be necessarily a romantic partner, but someone that, a good friend, that you can share these ideas with, they will show things that you are not very, how can I say this, that, you're blind to, or even if you know the fact that someone else tells you, it confirms or at least refocus. It's like a focusing agent to whatever you're stuck with. And in my case was what uh, Jana mentioned was that my, and she didn't say this on a critical way, she just pointed out that, oh, you're so focused on duty and importance and relevance of work. And at first I started Defending, yeah, of course, your work has to be important, so why wouldn't you do it? Blah, blah, blah. And then I noticed that the few times that I actually cried with uh, works that I had created were when I thought that they were important on themselves and that the world would be a better place if not for anything just for myself, that those things were out in the world. And uh, this was always a very difficult thing for me to think about, even now thinking about it is, is kind of uh, strange. I'll talk about this in another episode in more depth because this is getting a little bit <laughs> uh, long, but... This talking to my wife and then coming back to a couple of my readings and my thoughts, I decided, okay, what's in my psychology is bugging me. What are my inadequacies or what are the things that my behavior patterns or my fears, my worries that are not letting me be in a creative space? So this is, uh, well, sort of a little more of a private thing, but it's basically whatever triggers everyone has, they're all different, that make you not create. Then you have from this author that I mentioned, Liz Bordeaux, to uh, Stephen Pressfield with The War of Art. They both talk a lot about the idea of resistance. And when you are confronted with awe and beauty and things that you would like to create, there will be this resistance that impedes you from doing this in all sorts of ways. But basically the question was, okay, what am I psychologists bugging me? Even if I don't have a good solid ground to stand on, at least it's a beginning of a question. And then comes the, almost at the end, the cool part, which was, what would I do if I believed in myself? That was a version of a a question from Tim Ferriss that he asked, what would you do if you had a million, like a hundred million dollars, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? And I started writing those things. I would do this. I would do that. And I even allowed myself to think of things that I said I would not do. For example, after my master's, I promised myself I would never do a PhD because I did not like academia, especially in the arts, especially today. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm interested in ancient history, I'm interested in science So and, and in art, so maybe I could consider a PhD in um, history of art or something like that. And then comes a resounding, no, I was not interested in that. What came was actually the things that I was interested in. And strangely enough, they were all around old projects. They were all around old ideas that I tried to put aside my guilt of not having worked hard at them at that time. Then after that, like things, what would I do if I believed in myself? And that I wrote in a very, let's say, pragmatic way and at the same time, a very poetic way at the end. The next question was, what would a cool life look like? So I wrote this idea based on an idea from a photographer called uh, Eric Almas that he called the reverse perspective, which is... If you're looking the mountain from down up, it looks very hard to go up and it's very difficult. But if you look from up down, you can basically trace your steps and you can take a look at the landscape of where you want to be. It's sort of like the highest star in the sky that you're aiming for. And I wrote about what my internal life would be, what my physical appearance and uh, health would be, and uh, the things that I wanted, the thing. what would I be creating, how would be my life. One thing that was important for me because one thing that I noticed over the past uh, year in this thing of like not nourishing your own wants and just focusing on duty or what's practical, I also stopped thinking of material wants or things that I would like to have. I was always trying to justify them either from an artistic point of view of like, okay, if I have this better camera, I can do this thing. But they were never for the fun of it, Or what would I like to have if I had the money that I wanted? But the problem psychologically, when you stop thinking about that, is that you think you don't deserve it. And if you think of too many things that you would like to do, it's usually because you are avoiding thinking of your actual worth. So in my case, I thought, well, you know what? Let's just do the math and see the stuff I would like to do, it, that I'd like to have in my life. Or even... I put that in my list of material wants, which was, what would I like to be able to give? And that was very powerful and very useful. Because if I can attain this thing, I could give them to the people that I want. And in a way, that's a want for myself, if that makes sense. And then finally, the last step that I did, there are still two things to do, but I haven't done them yet, so I'll stop at this one which was very, it was inspired by this author called David Allen that I talked about on the podcast before. And uh, he does this exercise that you have to imagine wild success in any project. So what would the successful project look like? In the case of an artist, I always thought it was so cool to see. And uh, you don't see that much in like filmmakers or uh, in photographers you do see in visual arts, it's easier to see or in musicians is this, let's say what would be the anthology? What would be the compilation of your works? Like when you have a, whenever you have like a visual artist, you have the art of X, the art of the person, right? And the book that showcases a collection of his uh, or her life work. And then I thought, you know what? let me do that. I will write down in this notebook the art of Pedro Bonato which to me already sounded so cringy. How would I, first of all, talk to my talk about myself in the third person when it's not a resume, but I knew, okay, at some point, someone will write this. And what David Allen said that he did when he wrote his first book was what would be the reviews of his book and what certain people that he admired would write about it, right? It's just kind of silly, but it stuck on my mind. And my version of this was, okay, what would be the artwork that over time I would like to have created. Not necessarily that I would be that enthusiastic on the creation process, because sometimes you're very enthusiastic, sometimes you're terrified. But what would be the artworks that in the end, or at least in the middle, in the next 10 years, uh, I would like to have done? And so I started putting those things down. And they were many things that existed before. Many things I promised more than once that I would focus on doing because that was my life work and all this stuff. But it was interesting to see as if it was a compilation of what I had already achieved. This idea that I mentioned from Eric Almas of the reverse perspective that you see from the top, what this landscape and then the steps to go get it. But in my case was the, what would be the manifestation, which books I would like to have written, which podcasts I'd like to have continuing doing throughout decades maybe, which video series, which uh, games, which board games, which music projects, which uh, theater projects, which photography projects, and um, whatever else was on my mind, which design, uh, things I would like to create. And they were all in these categories. And I noticed what was not there. What was not there was some things that I know that disappeared throughout time. I do not want to be an actor as I wanted to be when I was 14, for example. I was not really into drawing comic books, which I thought would be my life's work. I also thought when I was like 19 and decided to start studying physics to be an astronomer that uh, astronomical research and science research would be in my life. And those things, they they still exist as themes, but they are not the career paths that are there. So in a way, I try to transform all those undone projects all that called the, the pain of unreached potential especially when it's bitter because of your own doing or your own lack of doing over the years I thought okay I actually have a map and since those things were not done they have not been manifested in the world yet so I made a contract with myself that I could do them if I wanted and uh, just to finish off I would like to mention, well, first, thank you for listening up to here. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find me on social media, Pedro Bonato to tease or on the comments on this uh, episode. But I would like to finish off with this idea that actually was one of the ideas that prompted me into this funny journey of going to buy a notebook and start writing what I wanted to do, which I understand is the first step of a project, of a process, because you actually need to go and do it, whatever it is. But I really like this phrase that was, uh, do not punish what you want to have happen. Again, do not punish what you want to have happen. So, even though I haven't done certain things that I would like to have already done at the age of 42, the contrary to that is that, well, life's a bitch and then you die. So, um, why, not, why not give it a try? Why not try it? Why punish what hasn't become by never allowing it to exist. And uh, with that, the last thing that I thought that would be a cool advice that I got from this uh, visual artist whose name escapes me right now was that I actually felt guilty about, okay, if I'm not creating photography, I'm not creating video, I'm not doing like these things, why would I talk about creativity on a podcast that is supposed to be an artist creating stuff? The answer that he said, even though he's a very brilliant visual artist, he said, well, your art will manifest itself differently at different times. And maybe right now, the first step to coming back is to do however it manifests itself. The way it manifested itself to me right now was commitment to fitness, going to the gym consistently for like two and a half months now without... Even if I fall off the wagon for a few days, I go back to it, which is something that I haven't done since my 20s. The second thing was to actually reach out and do a photo shoot, even a small one, a simple one, just 20 minutes. I went down and do it. You can find that photo on my social media and it's my blog posts and um, basically trying to start telling my story again and uh, hopefully find people that are interested in it and uh, even if... Very few people are interested in it if it reaches one person, or at least if it starts a process of me actually creating again, maybe that will be a good thing. So the next steps for me are to actually implement all these ideas. I'll probably transform this into a blog post with all these steps, because there are many steps, but I hope something of this has sparked your interest, or curiosity in whatever moment you are, in life, whether you are a very successful person listening to this, or if you are uh, just in the beginning of your journey, or if you have found this uh, crippling guilt of pain of enriched potential in your life, hopefully this can unlock your creativity. And uh, to finish off, just to mention that we should do important things, but we don't know what the important things are. And our attention and our awe, our interests, our inspiration, they will lead the way even if it will take a pandemic and a year of not creating. There is always a way out while you're alive. So on this sort of down note, but hopefully hopeful note too, I bid you farewell. This will be again a weekly podcast. I look forward to talking to you and uh, the next time we get to join in a little creative, walk so my name is Pedro Bonato and I am out